episode 154 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. The Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. They have an amazing ground school app for the knowledge you need to fly. To learn more, visit learnthefinerpoints.com. I'm Ryan Dabrowski from Super Arrow, Super Arrow Live. AV Nation, what is going on? My name is Justin Seams, and welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Today is episode 154 with Ryan from Super Arrow Live. You can follow him on Instagram and on YouTube and probably all social media. I was just recently on his live stream. It was a lot of fun. Check him out Wednesdays at 8.30 Central Time. You will not regret it. I'm going to have to keep this intro very, very short and quick. We're about to take off for St. Thomas. Hoping, hoping for a St. Thomas overnight. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, social media, Patreon, whatever it is that you do for social media, follow me there to see if I was actually able to get that St. Thomas overnight. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope you guys are having a great day. I wanted to drop by and say one quick thing before I go. AOPA has some scholarships. If you want to be a pilot and you have always wanted to be a pilot, but just can't figure out how you would pay for it, don't worry. AOPA has some scholarships. I'm going to provide a link down below in the description. You can check it out. Hurry up because they do expire in February as expire the application window expires so make sure to check those out and shout out to aopa for always doing great things in the aviation community aviation i hope you enjoyed today's episode so without any further ado here's ryan from super aero live ryan what is going on welcome to the pilot the pilot podcast i'm really excited to have you on today dude this is awesome thanks for having me i'm really yeah, excited man. to be here we uh, we're talking, yeah. In the oh, that's a, we'll, we'll get you out of the basement one day. I promise. <laughs> I'll let you up from the basement. All right, thanks. Uh, we were talking a little bit off camera about uh, Chris Palmer. I just want to give a shout out. He was instrumental in me and in coming up, and how Chris views kind of the the competition versus cooperation and uh, kind mm-hmm. of working together and just improving the aviation community. It's huge. You mentioned that he reached out to you. He was like, how can I help you? I had a very similar instance or a scenario with him when I was starting out a couple of years ago as well. Just how can I help you? And um, that takes a lot. You know, a lot of people can can see someone starting a podcast, so starting something like this and and get kind of turned off from it or kind of just be get scared and want to reach out and, and slander them. But Chris doesn't do that. And he's, he's offered a great way for us to continue to create and just be there for us. So I want to give him a shout out before all that starts because yeah. I love hearing that kind of stuff. No, he's the, he's the best. And I think separately, like it's, it's so true, right? Like, uh, people get competitive, right? I think YouTube and content creation is competitive by nature. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is I, th- I think in the end, like, it's not like we're on television, <clears throat> excuse me. It's not like we're on television. Like we're not competing for a time slot. Right. right? So like, what it's like what a rising tide lifts all boats, like a, a column of lift lifts all sailplanes or something, right? <laughs> like <laughs> like I, yeah. I really appreciate his perspective on that. Uh he's been really helpful, even just to bounce ideas off of. I'll text him mm-hmm. and I always forget he's in Alaska, right? I'll be like, Hey Same. man, I have this crazy idea. And then I'm like, Oh, it's like four o'clock in the morning there. <laughs> he always but, texts me back though, yeah. even when I text him at four AM, it's like, dude, aren't you supposed to be sleeping? <laughs> Yeah, you woke him up and he's like, hey, our planes are cool. Here we go. Yeah, and, and we're, we're started. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Um, it, it, yeah, you're right. It's not like we're competing against each other. I feel like it's almost like 
we're all lumped into new media and maybe possibly competing mm-hmm. against old media as together and a rising tide, like you said, where we're coming up uh, trying to capture as much viewers, listeners, and kind of change the way that uh, content is delivered. So if one of us succeeds, yeah. all of us succeed in a certain way. So it's great to see it. Well, and, and the other thing, I mean, and maybe I'm showing my hand a little bit too much as like someone who works in advertising in my day job. Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the other thing is that um, we have a niche, like we are a yeah. niche. So we're a niche within a niche as content creators in aviation. And so we don't have like, we don't have a lot of room. Uh, we don't have a big chair at that table. Right. So right. we need to, I don't know if this is making sense, but like we to get, to get the message out about aviation and what it can do for you, like we all have to work together because our, yeah. our megaphone is smaller compared to like the KCNI stats and, and people. I mean, there are some, there's some that have like a more mainstream approach, but really like if we work together, that's the only way that we can, uh, we can get this message out. So Yeah, it's really interesting bringing that up because I, I view that the same way, but I also view it, we are very niche, but there's also the potential to reach mainstream, like you said, because everyone thinks aviation's cool. Not everyone, 95% of people at one point have thought, man, aviation's cool. But how do we... I always say that the aviation community is very easy to break into if you look at it, but it's also very hard because we don't know how to go from 100% av geek to, to 0%. We don't know how to, to softly lead people in. It's like you just start yeah, rambling absolutely. off. Oh, yeah, you just start rambling off stuff and you can seem very intimidating to someone else. So if we could ever figure out a way to bridge that gap between 100% nerd and 0% nerd and just softly and easily let people find their own way, because some people are just 50% nerds, you know, they're not all. 100% av geek. So I think if we can figure that out, we can definitely figure out a way to to kind of go from niche to mainstream as well. Dude, I think that's huge. And I mean, I think it's going to make a, I don't know if I can make a COVID joke. The COVID oh. joke is like, all my family are so thrilled that we're not getting together for, for the holidays because they don't have to hear me talk about like stall That's speed. hilarious. So, uh, yeah, everyone at every holiday party is like, hey, so you do any flying lately? And then yes. it's like an hour. Then they don't have to talk for an hour. <laughs> so, That's so funny. I am surprised yeah, I work the opposite. That. I am very introverted and I don't talk. I mean, I still talk. Like I make sound. I make my sound like I just look at a wall and I'll just like hide in a corner, but I do talk, but it's uh they usually want to ask me all the questions about aviation. A lot of times I'm so burned out, not burned out, but uh, tired of talking about aviation. And I'm just like, Oh, can we talk about anything else? What about basketball? What about football? <laughs> right. There are other things. Surprisingly, yeah, surprisingly, we, we always forget that, but yeah, that is important. And it is cool. And I think that we're all doing our way to kind of bridge that gap, get more eyes on aviation, which is what we want. We want this to be uh, the best industry, the best career that it can possibly be and getting more young people and more diverse is how we're going to keep growing it. Um, I want to focus more on you. I want to focus on your story specifically uh, more around aviation. Cause it sounds like uh, I don't, I don't know much about it, but it sounds like you might've come in aviation as a second career, possibly. Am I wrong? Were you, did you focus on film and advertising and then come in or were you a pilot? And then you also had, uh, you went to the advertising and film industry. Yeah. So no, that's all really good. And I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to make it as succinct as possible. It definitely like, I think, um, I got a pretty classic aviation story. Uh, I think there's like two stories, right? There's like the storyline where it's like, I had an aviation family. I soloed at 
you know, 16, uh, the same day I got my driver's license. Like, there's like that story. And then there's, uh, well, maybe there's three. There's that one. There's like the professional pilot one, right? Like yeah. yourself. And then there's the, the kind of like, I finally did it. And so I'm the, I finally did it. The storyline, uh, you know, looked up at plane. Definitely. My dad was a pilot when he was in his twenties and then, oh, and cool. then it f- fell away when he built a family. Um, but we were, I was like the airplane kid, right? Like I, in my, <laughs> on my show, I've got all these, the old Ertl die cast planes that I reference when like I had a fighter pilot on. I'm like, Hey, like, is this the one that you flew? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's the one. Um, that's so awesome. they're there for inspiration now, but like, you know, I was like that kid and my family was super, um, super supportive mm-hmm. about the idea. We didn't have the financial means or maybe, maybe the better, um, way to say it. we didn't understand how accessible it could be. I think as I'm, as I'm spending more time in aviation and realizing that, you know, for instance, if my kids decide they want to do it, uh, there are ways for me to make it accessible to them that, that either weren't there or we didn't realize were there when I was a kid. Um, so just like always looking up, right. And, you know, going to the EA museum, going and all that stuff, but like never really participating until like went to college theater degree. If you can't tell, (laughs) (laughs) uh, film degree, and then went right into making TV commercials for a living. So that's what I do. Um, uh, you know, make, I make, you know, web videos and TV commercials that you've seen. Um, so that's like the day job I got to, oh man, it was it like almost 10 years ago now. Uh, I should look at my logbook before these interviews, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but like, um, you know, like basically decided like enough was enough. Right. Like I, I went and did a, uh, did a marketing campaign for Ford motor company, uh, hashtag not a sponsor anymore. Uh, but they <laughs> Please come back. Yeah. 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 Guys call me. <laughs> uh, we did this thing for this car called the Ford Fiesta. They were bringing it back from Europe to the United States. And part of it, long story short was we, we went to, I got to fly air combat, like basic fighter maneuvers, basic oh, like flight maneuvers in in, uh, Marchetti. This is like a, a two seat, like close air support, uh, Italian close air support plane doing like, you know, high yo-yos, low yo-yos, like barfing all over the place. And I did that. And I was like, I gotta like, I gotta do this flying thing. I gotta like get off my butt and do it. So that, that's how I got into it. You know? So I'm definitely like, you know, waited till I was like a young professional before I was able to do it and like scrounged my money and, and got into it. I think now where I'm at is it's been, and I mean this genuinely, like it's been such a huge part of my life. Like some of my best friends I've met through aviation, I've got this kind of extended aviation family. Now people like Chris, Mm -hmm. right. I was like thinking about it the other day. I was like, man, I got friends like all over the world now Uh because of this. And, um, just wanted to share, like wanted to, it sounds cliche, right? Like wanted to share it more. And then mm-hmm. separately had this like filmmaking skill set. So I was like, well, this is, I've just got to like, I need, I need to do this now to share this with people because it is so huge to me. So it's not necessarily a profession for me now. I would love it if, you know, the content I create someday, like covered the fuel, uh, <laughs> the fuel yeah. costs. I know what you mean. But, like man. right now, it's, 
it's just it's just about you know it's just about it's just about sharing it for me right now um and and staying connected like this year has been kind of tough uh in terms of staying connected to people and -hmm. just before we signed on i was i was emailing um one of my supporters and i was like dude like the thing that is the biggest thing for me this year has just been like we're all still connected and technology whatever like we're all still connected around this like central passion and so that's I don't know. That's cool. Sorry. I've been talking a lot. No, that's, that's good. That's the, I was like, I'm going to be super succinct. And then I was not super succinct, but that's the <laughs> I love story. It. Keep going as long as you want. I'll interrupt you if I need to, but um, <laughs> it, it's really cool. I like how you brought up. There's kind of like three or four tracks of a pilot. It's either like your family mm-hmm. generations of pilots. You solo at 16, mm-hmm. you have your commercial license by 18, you're a CFI 19, you fly for the airlines as soon as you can. And then there's, um, my dad was a pilot, my grandpa's pilot. So it's in my blood for me, but I didn't really pick it up until I was 20. I didn't start there. And then I was like, all right, professional pilot, here we go. And then there's also the people that I've interviewed as well, where more like you, where they loved aviation. They've always like looked up to the sky, looked up to airplanes and they've always, uh, wanted to do that, maybe didn't have the financial means to do it, maybe didn't think mm-hmm. they could do it. A lot of people just have this kind of false context that they have to be super mm-hmm. smart, which you do have to be somewhat smart, but they think they need to be great at math, which isn't always the case. And it's very I'm easy really to bad at math. Me too. I'm <laughs> really bad at math. <laughs> Thank goodness for the I iPhone. Crashed a plane yet. <laughs> I'm gonna knock on wood for you. Let's not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You, you said you haven't flown since February, so we'll have to knock on wood there for you for that one. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's really interesting how the this industry can be so different. There's so many levels to aviation, uh, but we all have it in common, and we can all just talk, and we're all the same at the same time. If that makes sense, it's like it's a very weird yeah. industry where we uh, there's so many different levels, but we can sit down with a fighter pilot and talk. They can talk to us. We can swap stories, and even sometimes you'll find out that you flying a small plane, an airline pilot will just love every story you're talking about, and he'll want to hear. More more about you than you answering asking questions about him so it's a it's a crazy industry yeah and it, you know uh this is gonna this is like a weird flex promo moment but uh <laughs> what you just talked about so i had i had the distinct honor of interviewing uh major brewer who is uh who's about to be a different position in the thunderbirds but he's thunderbird three this season which is incredible yeah. and i asked him in the interview uh i think with a lot of the fighter guys uh, some of them are, are a lot of them, I think aren't GA is not even in their on their yeah. radar. Huh? <laughs> like <laughs> they're, they're like, boom, like I'm going to fly this awesome jet and then I'm going to boom over to the airlines and I have this career. They're not thinking about GA at all, for instance. Mm-hmm. And Thunderbird three major brewer. I was like, Hey, like what's like, what's free. Like after you're done, like where with the, the military career, like what's your, you know, what's your dream airplane and i was expecting like rv8 or like you know a cirrus or something that goes fast and he was like luscom i want to fly a luscom and i was like uh-huh. what <laughs> like you're like zooming around in this fighter jet and like you you dream of like yeah yeah he's like yeah like i want to fly the luscom like over the cornfields and like you know just go slow and breathe it that's in cool. i was like dude man that's amazing right so yeah, yeah you never know 
it's funny when you see your career progress. And this was for me when I was flying a 172, I was always looking up to whatever it was, whether it was an arrow. And then I got to the arrow, I was looking up to a 310. I looked up from a 310. I was looking at the PC 12 from a PC 12 to, to a jet from a jet to a, uh, mm-hmm. to a bigger jet and so on. But then you you reach a place where it starts to become the opposite. Maybe you're flying a 737 and you see uh, a carbon cub. Well, carbon cub is a bad example because they go fast. You see a J3 cub and you're like, wow, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. miss flying that. So it's really, you, you get like where to this one point in your career, I guess uh, what I want to say is don't take, uh, don't take it for advantage when you're flying those small planes, because there's going to be a day where you're not going to have as much access and you're not going to want to go spend the money to go fly those planes. Well, some people might, but it's, it's still expensive and you're going to miss out on that. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think the other thing, you know, I mean, I don't have the, the breadth of, uh, aviation experience that you do in terms of, for instance, like I'm not flying prof- professionally. I'm not, um, flying, you know, I've not gone very high in terms of that, like level up, but even for me, right. J three, I mean, that's, I trained in J threes. Uh, oh, cool. I fly my Cessna right now and I miss the J three, right? Like uh-huh. there's, there's always going to be these different experiences. And I think that, um, what's interesting to me, I think, I think we got on this path because we were talking about like the there's the niche of aviation right mm-hmm. and then there's like the sub niches right like there's like warbirds and ultralights i'll give you the like eaa right like mm-hmm. they've got like their pillars that's a good way to talk about it it's like warbirds ultralights vintage uh and then you've got like the jet guys and the pro pilots like you got these all divided out the cool thing is is that and i think we talked a little bit at the beginning about like trying to share this there's this other thing that happens, which is like we gatekeep because it's so special to us. Mm-hmm. And I think what's cool is that then instead of gatekeeping within those, it's like, oh, like, you know, P51s are die or J3s are die or whatever. <laughs> like the there's this there's this through line across all this stuff that we can all talk about, right? Like, and we can all relate to. Um, because in the end, like lift is lift. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking about that a lot lately. Like, uh, you know, for instance, like I've, I've done a lot of episodes of my show recently about experimental aviation. Just, I didn't plan it that way. It just kind of happened. And there are some folks in the experimental aviation community that are super hardcore. Like mm-hmm. it's not a real home built aircraft unless you like forge the aluminum in your backyard by yourself. Like you, <laughs> you smelted it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is that in the end, like it's all the same scene, right? It's all the same scene. Yeah. It's just how you decide to interact with it. And so you're talking about like 50% nerd, hundred percent nerd. Sorry about the mic tap right there. <laughs> um, like, I think, I think that that advice could go for us all as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like you and I have different careers. Well, I don't know if you can call mine a career, but we have different aviation experiences but we can be on this show right now nerding out about this mutual love. That's pretty cool. And I think that's what people need to concentrate on. I don't know. Sorry. I started preaching, but that's keep, keep reaching my mind. Yeah. Keep going. Top of mind right now. (laughs) It's definitely a thing. Um, and, and moving kind of similar in that, that mindset when I was training, I was always, I always had the mindset and I struggled with this is when am I, when do I consider myself a real pilot? 
do you consider, mm-hmm. I, for me, it was once I fly commercially and then I flew commercially, I still didn't truly feel like a real pilot. Uh, like uh, when I went to go tell my friends, what do you do? And I was flying aerial survey and I would say I'm a commercial pilot. I just kind of felt like a fraud. And I always thought mm-hmm. that the next step I'd, I'd feel more like a real pilot. And then and kept coming and flew freight. Still don't feel like a real pilot. And then I finally got corporate and fraction of what I do now. And I, I feel more like a real pilot, but I still feel like real pilots are airline pilots sometimes. And it's something that I struggle with. So my question for you is, when did you consider yourself a real pilot? Now it might be different. And I'm not trying to say that you're not a real pilot because you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you get your private pilot license, you are a real, I mean, even when you can solo, you can consider yourself some sort of a real pilot. And there's really no differentiating in between being a real pilot as a private pilot all the way up to an airline pilot. But for me, I always struggled and felt kind of like a fraud in a way that I kept telling people I was a pilot, mm-hmm. but wasn't a pilot. Did you have similar kind of aspects to that? Or you, did you always kind of just understand that private pilot, real pilot is, is kind of just how it works. I think it, I think it, so, I mean, you're hitting on, I think something that we all deal with, uh, in our professional careers, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're all, if, if you're in the right career field, you're always going to want to push yourself beyond where you're at and you're always going to be setting goals for yourself. And so, I don't have that necessarily in aviation mm-hmm. uh, because I am, it's mostly a, a leisure, leisure, <laughs> a recreational <laughs> activity for me. Um, you know, I use it for transport. I'd love to start using it for business, right. To yeah. fly to shoots and stuff, but it, I've got a IFR. I've got to do some stuff to make that safe and more reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but I think in my film career, right. Like I'm a producer there are still times my business partner and I will be talking and she'll, I'll be like, kind of like, Oh, I don't know. And she's like, remember you've been doing this. Like Ryan, remember you've been doing this for almost 15 years. Like you, yeah. you know what you're doing. Like you are good at this. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't be doing it still. No one would be hiring you if you weren't good. Like there's that kind of sense of like, um, self-sabotage. I think yeah. if you're like really driven in a field, you're really passionate about something. I think that is something we all face. Now, for to answer your question more directly, I actually um I so the the day uh the day I soloed my first solo um uh we're kind of celebrating at the flight school, sitting in the in the hangar, hanging out and uh a pilot who some some of you may may know his work. Um I think he's now doing mission work in Africa, but Brady Lane used to be a journalist at the EAA. Um, he flew in from having taken his, he went to a different airport, took his private pilot check ride mm-hmm. and then uh, flew back and, and landed. And so we were celebrating together. And I said to him, I said, Hey man, this is so cool. Like we're, we're this cool, like we're hanging out, having this celebration. We both have these things to celebrate. And I made the comment, I'm like, well, like you're a real pilot now. And he said to me like aggressively, he's like, nah, man, you're a real pilot now. Yeah. This And he, I don't remember the conversation after that, but to me, that really struck me. Like the idea of like, once you've soloed, you've done it by yourself. Now you, you once you solo, you got a, a lot to learn still. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and if you want to become a professional pilot, you have magnitudes more beyond that to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that's where I've defined it. Right. Like I've got, um, a friend of mine who, who soloed and then quit. And I think that's a pretty common story. 
and we would talk, uh, we used to work together and we would talk about, he was like, Oh, like you're a real pilot. Like, nah, man, like you soloed, like you're a pilot too. For me, I was saying that to him mostly because I wanted to encourage him to get back in the saddle, right? right? Like he had this thing he loved. He got to solo and he quit for whatever reason. Like for me, that's the way I personally view it. Like if you've, if you've controlled an aircraft by yourself successfully (laughs) (laughs) and you, and you survived it, (laughs) like you could call yourself a pilot. Now maybe you want to differentiate, right? But like in the end, like that's, I don't know. That's enough. I mean, there are people yeah. who are our are, are forefathers and foremothers or I don't know what the right word to, way to say for that or something like before, yeah. <laughs> before all this certification stuff, right. They were doing crazy, crazy stuff uh, to try to figure out how airplanes work. Like, I don't know. That's no, my, I, that's my take on it. I, I get what you're saying though. Like I, I think for instance, like right now where I'm at, like I look up at IFR rated pilots and go like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a different level. Right. Or I look at commercial pilots and go like, Oh, or flight instructors that like I have respect for that. And so within yeah. that respect though, I think it's important not to necessarily like diminish your own yeah, success. Absolutely. And I think that's what I was getting at because I'd always look up at the next step and kind of not necessarily cast doubt on where I was, but I would just kind of like, be like, well, I'm not a real pilot until I get there. And I think that's a very common thing. And I agree with you. I'm, I don't want to take away from a, so a student pilot that is solo. That is, you have done it. You are a real pilot. You know, like not everyone can do what you're doing. People have failed to get there. So it's something that mm-hmm. you should very, very, be very proud about. And I'm really glad that Brady told you that because that is, that is huge. And I'm sure that was a monumental moment in your career. And kind of you realize like, oh, wow, like I, I'm, I'm up there. I'm actually doing this. I, I can consider myself a real pilot. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, this is also like really hard. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, it's like not easy. Like, and, and anything worth doing, like, oh God, I sound like my dad, <laughs> anything, anything worth doing is hard. Right. Yeah. But, um, but I think, uh, I think for like a hundred percent, right. Like getting like that, you know, I don't, and it, you see in all the Facebook chats, uh, Facebook groups, uh, like student pilot groups. And there's always this thing that students want to do where they are comparing like how many hours it mm-hmm. took them to solo. And I feel like I should just make like a gif of me screaming, like it's not a race. <laughs> right. So right. I was lucky. And like, it's like so many variables go into that, into that yeah. first solo moment. Right. It's like, what was the weather? Like how frequently are you training? What's your relationship like with your instructor? Um, was the aircraft down? Like there's so many variables that can get to like adding up those hours. And I think I did it. It's just like luck. Right. But like, I feel not, Ooh, I'm, I'm going to like sound like a hypocrite for a second here. Like, I think just all those variables combined together. I think mm-hmm. I did it in seven hours, whatever oh, the weather was right. Whatever. J three Cubs though. Different. No, that's we're not, this is we're the, not worthy I, of you. <laughs> I'm making the opposite point. I'm trying to make accidentally right now, but like, so seven hours, whatever. Yeah, that seven hours was really difficult, and and yeah. I would say for me, after that, I had some incredibly humbling experiences in the aircraft, and was like, whoa, maybe not, right? Yeah. Maybe not. I think other people have those experiences before they solo, right? Yeah. And they and they're like, maybe not. I did a really, really bad job of explaining, but like 
basically, no, you're good. It, it is not a race. And two, like it's, it's legitimately hard, right? Like what everyone's, I mean, think about your career, right? What you've had to overcome to get where you're at for me to be, um, a, a, you know, I talk a lot about being like hashtag dad pilot on my mm-hmm. channel, right? Like I've got like two kids I'm juggling. Like we talked about, yeah, I haven't flown since February. That yeah. hurts me like separately. Like it hurts to say out loud, but it's like, Hey, there was a pandemic. I stopped flying in the beginning because it, I wasn't sure if it was safe. I have a shared resource. It wasn't, was it safe? And then I was like, well, then separately, like there's a strain on healthcare. What if I bork mm-hmm. it up? Like I'm, I started like spinning a little bit. So I was just like, the safest thing is to like cut it out for a while. Then complacency, right? That all that stuff adds up where now it's like, well, now I'm influenced since February. I got to, well, actually I'm out of BFR, so it doesn't even matter. But before, <laughs> before then it was like, am I being prudent? I could legally up until October, just pop in the plane and pop out three landings or whatever mm-hmm. it'd be air quotes current right but like that's not the prudent thing to do one of the things talking about like my uh major brewer again the thunder thunderbird pilot is like hey like what advice do you have for any like those of us who are not fighter pilots what can we take away from it and he was like we are all professionals because this is hard and if you don't treat it like a profession even if you're just bopping around in a j3 uh, you're going to get bit eventually, yeah. right? And so like thinking about all of that stuff, right? So for me right now, I guess the point I'm trying to make is aviation's hard for me right now as a pi- as a, a younger pilot, right? I've got like maybe a decade of flying under my belt, but like mm-hmm. in that decade, because of being a dad and a pro- young professional in another field, you know, I've got a couple hundred hours in the logbook. I think I'm around 250. Mm-hmm you know, like commercial pilot range, like where, where you probably knocked that out in your first year or two of flying, right? As you were like, (laughs) I'm going to go be a pilot. So my point is all those variables are constantly conspiring against you. This is hard. It's never going to not be hard. And that's what makes it good and worth doing. I don't know. I'm sounding like I'm preaching again. No, no, not at all. I totally understand. One thing you're going to learn about me, Justin, it's that I'm a rambler. (laughs) <laughs> and I try to use it for good instead of evil, but anyway. I guess we'll find out at the end of the hour. We'll we'll have a poll at the bottom. Yeah, of right. Did we'll you use it for good or for yeah. evil? <laughs> is, it, is it listenable? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. We'll see you, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're saying is right, though. I think that you compare yourselves, and this goes to the real pilot thing kind of scenario that I found myself in. When you're looking up at other people, you're also comparing yourself. You see that one mm-hmm. student that solos in seven hours. You see that person that's there for every single flight that might have the has different circumstances in their life than you that maybe something keeps you from doing what they're doing. Maybe you have to work two jobs to pay, three jobs to pay, your full-time school, right. your school, athletics, whatever it may be. And it's great to compare yourself if it's healthy and you use that to fuel yourself. But just know that if it takes you 100 hours to get your private pilot license, it takes him 10 and 40 hours to get his private pilot license, at the end of the day, you're still a private pilot. 
I mean, if you, yeah. you still can do the same things he can do, it doesn't mean he's a better pilot. It just means that his situation or her situation and their training was set up maybe more suitable for them or they just had other ways that they could take advantage of it. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean that you can't fly. Doesn't mean that you can't get to their level and, and be what they are doing, which you would want to do. So uh, I would encourage people to, to not give up and try not to compare themselves in a negative way. Use it to fuel yourself to keep going at the best pace that you can go for you. Because a lot of times going at the quickest pace possible isn't necessarily the best pace for you. That might stress you out. That might mean that you don't want to fly anymore. You might scare yourself and then you might pull back and go away. So it's very important to find what works for you because like you said, this is very tough. This is difficult and it's going to hit you at different times. Some weeks will be great. Another week after it was great, you're going to be a terrible pilot for a week and you're going to start questioning yourself. Can I do this? Can I not do it? So it's important to do what works best for you. Yeah, and and to expand on it, like you just said something that, that kind of, you know, for instance, like that seven hour thing, like, let's be real, like a J3 Cub, very simple aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lucked out with weather and I had a lot of time kind of compressed close. I'm thinking this is a long time ago now, right? But like thinking about that, what's super interesting is like mm-hmm. most of the people that are listening to this or watching this um, probably didn't train in a J3. They probably trained in like a 172 or a, a Piper Cherokee or something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, that's, a, if you compare those two, a J3 to one of those aircraft, like the complexity is like surprisingly more to go to a, a 172. So, you know, if you're training in a 172 and you're not soloing by seven hours, that's fine because you had like four other systems, five other systems to learn whatever <laughs> than I did, right? Your aircraft had flaps. You know, the <laughs> first time I, like, the first time I flew uh, a Piper Cherokee, like, like, so I did the, you know, whatever solo at, the, at mm-hmm. this school I went to is vintage airplanes, right? And then they're like, okay, well now, now you got to go to the Piper Cherokee. And you need to learn that because you have to take half of your private pilot check right in that because it's got radios, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like now I'm doing all the stuff that everyone else was trying to do before their solo yeah. after I'm learning the radio. I'm learning flaps. Dude, the first, uh, I had a, like people ask about like, what's the scariest flight you ever had? Like, yeah, like w- first flight in the Piper Cherokee, like not understanding intuitively how flaps work. <laughs> Right. It's like terrifying. (laughs) This huge sink coming into the runway. Right. Like it was like, so all it's just, it's, I guess my point is like, that's why you got to say it's like not a race because it's not an apples to apples thing. Right. Like seven hours in a J3 is probably pretty comparable for most people because it's literally just stick and rudder and airspeed indicator. The door, I mean, guys, the door, if you've never flown one, the door is barely even shut. Right. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) you're pretty much outside the whole time. You're out. You're basically outside, which is what uh, makes it awesome. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I think like, and then the other thing I think is when when we have these conversations, I always want to say, don't be scared away by everyone saying like it's hard. Mm-hmm. Just know that it's supposed to be hard. Um, Savannah Rasky, uh, the savvy traveler, was on on my little YouTube show uh, last week. And she was, she said that whole, that phrase you hear, I think you hear it a lot with like, um, like extreme sports people mm-hmm. that like idea of like embrace the suck. Yes. Right? Like, yes. like it's good. Like the whole, like it's supposed to, right. You're supposed to be bad at it. Like mm-hmm. we don't have wings, 
right? <laughs> like yeah. on our bodies, right? Like <laughs> this is supposed to be hard. So like, that's, I think just as we talk, I always worry about like people think, well, that sounds really hard. I'm not going to do it. Like, no, it's like, just know it's going to be hard and that you will find joy in that difficulty um, because there's joy in the triumph on the back end. I love it. I mean, couldn't say any better myself. Embrace the suck. That's as easy as you can say it. If it's, if it's something you want to do, put the work in and you'll do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Um, Sorry. Going, I, guess, I guess we're just talking about becoming, uh, you can, I'm a pilot and you can too. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Go <to> your, <laughs> just tag that, ship it out. Uh, everyone will be pilots now just because we said that, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah focusing a little bit more on you and your story. Um, you can, you always want to be a pilot. You always look toward the sky. Like you said, you're always looking at airplanes. Uh, you went the theater route, you went the film route where you are now. Do you ever wish that you just would have been a pilot and maybe you could be flying for an airline? Maybe you could be further in your career or are you happy with how things have progressed? I mean, I was, so I've been thinking about that, right? I think, there's definitely, so I'm 38 mm. and it feels like I'm about ready for a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would be lying if I didn't say I fantasize about being an airline pilot or yeah. uh, if I didn't fantasize about, you know, uh, my father uh, was a firefighter thinking about like, oh, like, wouldn't that be cool to be a, a fire uh, attack pilot mm. like that's super cool right like that'd be cool um or you know even you know talking to uh i also not just major brewer um also like to the viper demo pilot this year mm -hmm. you know talking to him and uh missed you know i i actually applied for a, a fighter slot in the air national guard but i was like a year too old because there's like an age oh, there's like yeah. a, you can age out for fighter training so like i've when i yeah had awareness of it. Like I missed it by a year. Um, so like, I'd be lying if I didn't say like, I fantasize about that stuff. I think, uh, I truthfully though, like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if I would have, if I would have realized, I mean, here's how sad it is. I, the university I went to literally has a flying club oh, no. where they teach <laughs> the college students how to fly. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, real thing. Uh, I never had any awareness on that. Uh, right. So I missed, I missed that opportunity, even though I was sitting in my dorm room, like watching airplane videos, you know, well, YouTube wasn't a thing yet, but you know, like what, yeah. still watching, uh, seeking out, you know, watching the wings on discovery, right. Like yeah. all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would love to, I think right now my goal, and this is just today, it'll probably change, right? I'll ask you tomorrow I too. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> call me, call me every day, and, and let me know how it. <laughs> I think for me, I, I would love to be a professional pilot. I think you know the thing that goes through my head right now, uh, which is like this is going to be like a very grown-up answer, but as like the father of like two daughters, two young kids right now, like. I look at, and, and actually, so like the pandemic has put this in focus, right? Because I was at this big advertising agency as a, as a TV producer making TV commercials and, um, and feeling a little burnt out, 
sometimes on it, right? Like uh, I think everyone does in their careers. That happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Got laid off due to COVID. I mean, that eight that I feel bad for the people that are left, right? The, that agency's lost maybe 30 to 40% of its employees now. Um, so then you, but you have this, there's this weird, beautiful thing that happens when you lose your job after like the panic and the like, how are we going to like financially survive this? Mm-hmm. Um, the world is suddenly your oyster, right? Yeah. Like you have, you have, like you, you have to make a, a choice on how you're going to survive. You, I'm not saying it's that part isn't traumatic, but the rest of it is like, well, now you've got like a clean slate again. There's nothing like you can either go back and try to find another job. Uh, you can do what I'm doing, which is I'm starting a, a company in that sector right now. Um, or you can just reinvent yourself. Yeah. Right. And then, so, so I think there's some, a certain beauty in that. And so, you know, it definitely crossed my mind. I was like, well, maybe I should just like put all my chips into aviation. I, I'm older, but I could still get, you know, a good 25 years out of being a professional pilot. Yeah. Right. That's not nothing. But I think it goes back to the, the grown up ideas like, well, what, what, where's your biggest value to your family? Right. And like, mm-hmm. the truth is for me, I still really do love being a producer. So for me, it was the decision was like, well, the, that's where I'm the biggest value to my daughters, right? Is the time I put in over there. Um, that said, right? Like I'm making content right now, building an audience. I'm not expecting that that's ever going to make me any money. But what I'm hoping is that um, if I stay true to myself and, and stay true to these values that we're talking about right now, that maybe someday that's big enough to fund flying for me so that it's not that flying is just part of my life because I have this other thing that I'm doing with this great community of people that are supporting me. Um, you know, I would, I would totally see, I think for me, like you were talking about like the level up stuff earlier Mm -hmm. for me, where I'd love to get to, um, I think it's just like, I'd love to be a flight instructor. Uh, that for me would be a fun way to continue to engage with it and to share how passionate I am about it. Um, I have this urge to like get everyone I know in the cockpit and be like, that's cool. This is a thing you should be doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you so that's probably you should, everyone should be a pilot, yeah. but like, I think, I think that's probably the, the, the end of it for me, like realistically is probably getting to that level would be now if that could change, right. Or the, yeah. you know, you know, I mean, here's the weird thing. Before the pandemic, I was getting phone calls. I made the mistake of listing, uh, listing private pilot on my LinkedIn profile, <laughs> just because I was like proud of it. And I was like, oh, film producer, whatever, uh, private pilot, the drone, you know, drone part one hundred seven, whatever. And I was getting headhunted before the pandemic. I was getting headhunting emails from regionals. That's crazy. They're like, they're like, hey, like have you ever thought about being an airline pilot? Like how much, you know, like what's your logbook look like? And I'm like, not great. <laughs> like, not what you need it to be. Yeah. But like, so there was, there was demand there, right? Mm-hmm. There, the demand before this kind of devastating event was there. And, you know, again, it was that like, where am I most valuable to my family? Is like, well, do I like take a massive, like I'm, you know, it's like basically what happens <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're, I, you look like a really young guy. I don't know. You're, you're probably like 74 years old, but you look like you're, you're like 75 or whatever. Close. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, there's this thing that happens for, if you're younger, right. And it's going to, it's going to sound super conceited, but this goes back to like, just making these like weird, when you have kids, everything changes. You start making mm-hmm. decisions based on these other little people. But like, you know, I do all right for myself in, in film TV producing that's, you know, 15 years of over 15 years of work uh, mm. to build myself up to that level of like really hard work. And there's this weird moment where you're like, I would love to be an airline pilot. But then you're like thinking about, Oh man, that first year, whoo, financially, yeah. that's going to be hard. Because, and, it, and here's the thing. Every, every profession has like a put your time in section. Mm. It's really hard to go do. And, and it's, and I'm not knocking it. Right. Like I, that was the same way for me in film, right? You're, you know, making less than 10 bucks an hour as a production assistant on film sets when you yeah. leave college, whatever. Right. Like that, it would be hard to reset to that with like grown up responsibilities now. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, oh, I know what you mean. it would be hard to, it'd be hard to do the thing that, like the fair thing, right. To everyone else in the industry is you have to go in and put your time in. That's how yeah. any career path works. It'd be hard to do that. Uh, maybe it'd be easier now. I don't know. I mean, uh, ever too I'm late, on right? unemployment now. <laughs> <laughs> so any, anything's better now. You're not getting those headhunting emails anymore though. <laughs> no, I'm not getting yeah. any headhunting emails from, from regionals anymore. Yeah. That's, Who knows? that's maybe in the future. You brought up something interesting in that, and it was when you're in, in college, I had a flying club, which you may or may not have known, mm-hmm. but there is this kind of disconnect between you and knowing either there is a flying club or that you could do it. Whose fault do you think mm-hmm. that is? Do you think that's the aviation community's fault for not doing a good enough job at reaching out and making sure uh, that it's known, that it's available, that you can do it? Because I'm sure mm-hmm. there's people that knew about it, but maybe it's one of those things where like, they were just in aviation. So if they just knew about it that way, word of mouth through the aviation community, or was it your fault for not trying to figure out that maybe this is something you really want to do, or was it a mix of both? So I would say, I mean, obviously I have to take ownership of that because at the moment, right. I think I was in college for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was learning, I was learning a lot of things. Understood. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> you know, read between the lines there. Um, I think, uh, I think, well, here's what I think uh, about that. I think that one of the biggest misconceptions that exists in all of this uh, is just straight out the expense, right? Mm -hmm. The story I tell that's kind of related is I I finally decided I was going to become a pilot. I'd done all the research about how much it was going to cost to get my license at the time. And I went to my wife. We didn't have kids yet. Uh, we didn't have a lot of expenses. I said, Hey, like I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. Like I've saved up some money. I'm going to go do this. And she said, and this is not a knock on her. She said, well, why, but why though? Like we'll never be able to afford a plane. Cause her head was at every, like the, the cheapest airplane is half a million dollars or something. Yeah. Right. Like in her head, and mine too, I think in college is my point until I had put in the work and spent time on barnstormers and <laughs> like whatever, like I did not realize that it was as attainable as it could be. And so 
I think that's part of it, right? I think I don't remember specifically, but I think if I could like, you know, ghost of Christmas past to uh, Ryan, it, it, you know, witty hall at the university of Wisconsin uh, back then. Right. Like I'm probably was thinking about it occasionally and then thinking like, like, but like, I like, that's like a rich person's game. Right. And I think the truth is it's not, I'm not saying it's not expensive. It is, uh, it is expensive for sure. But, um, you know, like my neighbor has a Harley and he spent a lot more money on my Harley than I do on my plane. Yeah. And I haven't flown in a while, but right. Like, like the, <laughs> I'm in a flying club, which makes it even more affordable, yep. but like legit, you know, like we we're talking about Piper cubs. Like you can get a Piper cub for the same price. I mean, the, the other neighbors got a, she's got a Corvette. It's like, well, she's like, buy a, buy a really nice Piper cub for the same price as that Corvette. Right. Like, Good. so I think it's just about putting in perspective yeah. and um, I mean, and they're even, I mean, you know, my dad's old, I found my dad's old plane that he flew in his twenties. No it's a Taylor craft. That's yeah. We really found cool. it in a, it a very, very short story time. We found it. I like, you know, he couldn't remember the end number. One day the, the story goes, he had a glass of whiskey and the end number popped into his head. He texted it to me. <laughs> I looked it up on the FA database and it was in old wine, Iowa, a guy named Jerry owned it. So we popped in the Piper Cherokee, flew to Iowa, and like uh, the the guy was like, "Go ahead and take it up." I'm like, "I'm not going to take it. I'm not like take your take your a plane I've never flown up. Uh, I'm not like I was like freshly out of. I think yeah. it's probably like I'm good, within like so. two months of getting my my private pilot certificate. Yeah. Right, so I was like, ah, "I'm gonna no." That it was super gusty, and I was like, "I'm not taking a tailwheel plane that I've never flown up on a gusty day." But it was really <laughs> generous of him got my dad in the old Taylor craft. He's crying. I'm crying. Everyone's crying. Um, you know, since then that was the decade ago, like since then that plane has popped up for sale three times. It's oh, gone wow. to, I think it's gone to, it's on its, uh, second owner since the one that we, he, uh, regrettably passed away, uh, unfortunately. But so it's on like, you know, two pilots since then, and every time it's been up for sale, it's been for sale for $20,000, which is less money than I spent on my Volkswagen. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, I just, I just want to put that in perspective for people. Like, yes, it's, it only goes and for people listening, I'm doing the quotation marks again. It only <laughs> goes a hundred miles an hour, but it's not the same kind of experience that you're going to have. But like, yeah. dude, that's, that's, that's flying, man. Like that's a thing you could do. And if you, um, and I, I believe that obviously like coming from a place of privilege, right. But like, I believe that most people, if you, if you want, it's, that's within the realm of most people that if you were able to, if it mattered enough to you, you could make it happen. Yeah. That sounds sure. a little, that might be a little out of touch, right? Like there's probably some people listening right now are like, screw you, buddy. But like, I think, I thinking about me and the times of my life where I've really struggled, like, I think that could have been a goal, right? It might be a multi-year goal. It might be whatever, but I think it's possible. It's yeah. like, it's not in the realm of the impossible. So that's, that's the very long-winded answer to your question about whose fault is that? I think, I think it is kind of the community's fault because we don't broadcast that enough. 
I think there are organ like EAA talks about that, AOPA talk like the alphabet organizations talk about that, that it is possible, but I think it's on us as a community to go out and talk to people, right? Like one of the first things that happens, right? When I first started flying, you know, my my company I worked for at the time was like, don't tell, do not tell anybody that you're a pilot because they will think they're paying us way too much money. <laughs> and I was like, you know, but the, the like it just switched like that conversation. That's the perception we're fighting yeah. against, right? And we have to just make sure people know that this is doable. It's it's within reach. It can be within reach. I mean, let's talk about my flying club. I paid three thousand dollars for a share in a Cessna one seventy two. I pay a hundred bucks a month for like the the privilege of of being able to use it. That covers like all the the static costs, right? The hangers, mm-hmm. insurance, things like that. Um, that's less than my you know, and then and then a, a sixty five dollars an hour to fly it. So. You know, $65 an hour is not nothing, but in aviation, that's a steal. Yeah, that is a steal. Uh, I can fly that plane a couple hours a month, which is more than what most private pilots do. Uh, I think what the average is actually 50, right? But like, I can fly that plane a couple hours a month for less than my cell phone bill. So just again, it's like, just put it in perspective that there are ways to do this. That, yeah. that I think is the biggest thing. And I think obviously going back to like college, Ryan, you know, he, he was focused maybe a bit too much on girls uh, at the time, <laughs> but, but also uh, like we as a community need to do a better job of letting people know and supporting people in that journey. Maybe. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think when I look at it, it's definitely up to both both sides. It's up to aviation, kind of what we talked about earlier, the levels to bring it down a level to to know that we don't understand how much they don't know about the aviation industry until mm-hmm. we ask them. And, and in your case, maybe it was, um, or in some people's case, it's it's the the affordability. It's not affordable at all, and we can kind of tell them ways that they could afford it. Uh, that you can own an airplane. It's not five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it is for a lot of airplanes. Unfortunately, it can be uh, if you want it. To yeah. Be. It can be way more than that too, if you want, but there are ways to get in. There are ways to, to do it a little bit cheaper and it's still expensive. Like you said, it's very privileged that we can even be talking about this because we are pilots and we were afforded the, the ability to do this because of parents or where our jobs or places that we were, but there are ways to get this done. I've interviewed a couple of people that have paid for everything based off scholarships and grants. Uh, you apply for it, mm-hmm. put in the work. If this is something you want to do, money shouldn't be a thing to stop you uh, find ways to make that money find ways i mean yeah. i've talked to people that work two jobs scholarships and once again they're probably in very good positions to do that it can be harder for certain people and, and it's not always easy but there's it's there's the opportunity but i think it is in the community to to go out there and tell people that want to be pilots that this is possible you can do it and we can help you yeah and, and the scholarship thing like uh, I don't know when this this episode's going to air, but uh, uh, it'll probably be a couple weeks from when this happened on my on my my video podcast. Uh, I had a panel of women aviators on the uh, so it's a, a first officer for Frontier, a future F thirty five pilot, and a air traffic controller. Yeah, and, that's cool. Uh, they, I asked them like, Hey, do you have any advice? And the one thing that they said was like, there is money. Like if you want this, there's money out there that you can get, right. The scholarship mm-hmm. thing, like particularly for women in aviation, uh, for, for any, anyone who doesn't basically 
uh, not like white bearded guys like myself, uh, <laughs> because aviation is also not super diverse yet. Right. Yeah, like we're doing, no. we're, I think we're, we're, we're doing a better job of that, of being inclusive. Um, but there are, there are funds available to you. Uh, if you hit certain categories that can help you do this also. And so I think that's really, I mean, even for the white bearded pilots, right? Like <laughs> there, are, there are scholarships for advanced certificates, whatever, if you want to get into training people or professional pilot, like it's there. So I think that's the other thing. Like just know that it's there. Absolutely. And one thing I want to talk about is the action you need to take to actually make this happen. A lot of people dream about being a pilot. A lot of people have kind of that idea in their head that they want to be a pilot. They love airplanes, but you actually have to make the decision and you have to take the action to go do it. And I want to talk about, about you making that decision and how you can, or what advice you'd give someone that was in maybe a similar position, maybe they're career changers. Um, you had to make, it was probably a tough decision because it does take money. You were talking about how your wife was kind of like, well, why would you even do it if we can never buy a plane? Uh, how do you actually jump in? Because there's a difference, like I said, between wanting to do something and actually doing it. What was it for you that made you actually go do it, actually go fly and start this path? Yeah, I mean, so for me, uh, and I've talked about this a little bit before too, like the I had a cousin who, I think he was about as old as I am now. Uh, he passed away bone cancer. So it was really... Uh, really sad moment in our, for our family, but, but he, um, there was like, there were like bucket list items for him that Mm -hmm. we were not able to, there were, there were bucket list items for him that he was never able to do. And so I was looking at myself, like this was, you know, uh, like, I'm like, you know, junior to him. And I was like, Oh man, like if that happens to me, that's like tomorrow. (laughs) right like it's like oh man like this is like i don't like we don't there was this sense of like the hourglass isn't as full as we think it is and i'm not trying to like make this a downer but that that just to be honest and transparent that was the moment for me where i was like well like stop goofing around and go do this because it's something you've always wanted my advice to folks which is there's is it warren miller the like ski film guy He's like, you know, do it today. Otherwise, you'll just be one day older or one year older when you do. I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, I think. Sounds great. But I'm like, sure it's the exact same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close, yeah. right? But like the, the idea of like, I think it's just like, go, don't, go do it, right? And, and the, the hardest step, and this is with everything, right? The hardest step is always the, the hardest. Or, wait, whoops, I said that wrong. The hardest step is always the first. So, so, I mean, that's like when you're on the other side of it, that's like, that's not meaningful advice. (laughs) It's like, well, of course it is. But like, I think really like for me, it was like, okay, like our time here is limited. I got to go for this thing. This is something I really wanted. And then you still, we talked at the top of the, of the episode, right? You still have to survive all the challenges, the learning plateaus, the weather, like you, you have to like, you have to survive all of that too. And I mean that survive, not in the, you know what Actual I mean? Actual sense. Yeah. Not, not like you yeah. have to like keep showing up. Yeah. I know. To yeah. get it done. <laughs> but like, I, I, I think, <laughs> like, no, I, I, I think agree, yeah. that, 
that's the, that's the hardest part. It's just like taking the first step. So like tangible stuff is like, just put it on like, it's all that like self-motivation stuff where it's just like, okay, like, Hey, do you want to get this done? Call three flight schools near you and uh, research, get a sense for them who they are on the phone, research what it's going to cost. Boom. That's number one. Cause cost is almost always the thing people cite mm-hmm. first. All right. Now, if you need to save up or put a financial goal in place, I think the other piece of advice I give folks a lot, and I am not like, I think this is just my pack. Like I am not the most qualified person to be having this conversation. There are people like Chris, our mutual friend, who's like actually a flight instructor who could speak to this better, (laughs) but it's just my passion point is like, because even now, right. As a, as a a pilot with kids, I keep saying it, but like, dude, cash flow is a, a hard thing for a family. Go into this knowing that you have the like cost of being a pilot of getting your certificate. And then there's the after. And I forgot to budget for the after initially. And I got to the end and I was like, Oh, I guess that's that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to like re I did it. And I guess no No more flying for me. All right. What's next. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think plan for the after too, but it's like, so it's like meaningful stuff. Like go find three flight schools, figure out how much it's going to cost. Then uh, don't wait, right? Like go like get your financial picture in, in order at the same time, go take a intro lesson with all three, mm-hmm. figure out who is the best fit for you in terms of, do you feel safe? Do you feel like you will learn from well from them? And then do you feel like you will have fun? Cause that's the whole point of doing this is that it's fun. Right. Um, so like start there, go do that. See who the best fit is. What's the best fit for your pocketbook, for your learning style? Um, Who, you know, just making sure that you feel confident in the school. And the truth is like, I've never not felt confident in a flight school I've been at. Right. I think that's just like a thing we have to say. Like Mm -hmm. if you're Spidey, even though you're not a pilot, if you go there and like the airplane looks like crap and you're like, not for me, that's like, you should respect that in yourself so that you have fun. But like, you know, uh, when I was shopping around for flight schools, like I went to a bunch, one was way out of my price range, couldn't afford it, but seemed like it would have been good. Um, another one I met with the instructor and seemed like a cool guy, but just was definitely not going to work with the way I like personally like to learn. That's fine. Right. That's no big deal. Um, and then the third one felt like it was like the Goldilocks thing. It was just right. So, uh, so I think that like, it's like make a plan and just, and, (laughs) What's that Shia Buff, Shia Booth, however you pronounce his name? Yeah. Just do it. Make your <laughs> dreams come true. Explosions, right? Like that's that's kind yeah. of the tangible advice, right? Like it's yeah. just like you just got to go for it. I mean, and I, you know, we were talking before the we started rolling. Like that was the same thing with with the YouTube channel, right? It's like mm-hmm. all these like little fits and starts, and I was like, just do it, man. Yeah. Like this is important to you. You're excited about this. Just do it. So I don't know. I think people. Um, listening to this might be who are on the fence or aren't sure how to get started. I think my advice is it will 100% be worth it. Mm-hmm. 100%. You just need to get over that first little bit, make a plan, right? Like think back to what Thunderbird three says, right? Like we are professionals in this. So a professional person would make a plan on how to achieve this, go do that. And then just like do it. Right. And then on the back end, right. And I'm not even talking about 
it as a person who has a career in it like you do, right? Like you've got a career and this is giving back to you financially and uh, filling your cup or whatever people talk about, like, you know, what you need to be self-actualized. Wow. This is like turning into like a, to like a motivational speaking (laughs) gig right now. But like, there's that, right? Yeah. But like I have, you know, we talk about friends all over the world, right? Like I have, I would say there's literally a guy I talk to every day. One of my best friends, we definitely would not have met if it weren't for airplanes. I've got friends in Alaska and Canada. Um, Thanks to the, through the YouTube show, like I've got a, uh, I would call him a friend. I don't know if you'd call me his friend, like a guy who watches the, watches the YouTube show. We chat every, every Wednesday, uh, in our little like Patreon supporter thing. He's in New Zealand. Like that's incredible, right? That's incredible. Like aviation is going to open up a world to you that you never imagined was there. And by nature of like, I don't know if it's by nature of like one, the passion that we all have for it. And two, the fact that like, it literally is a hobby that moves you great distances from one place to another. Like you are going to, it's going to expand. Like there's so much more than just the very cool thing of like sitting in an airplane and being like, Hey, take that suckers. I'm up here in the air. Right. Like (laughs) other than that, it's going to give back. So I would just concentrate on that and just like go for it again, which if you're on the back end, you're just like, well, that's crappy advice, but uh, I mean, you got to take action. Like I said, like you have to yeah. eventually do it. You can't just keep talking about it over and over and over again. The only way that you will become a pilot or try it is if you take that step and do it. And whether that first step is calling flight instructors or calling flight schools, or it's actually getting a group on and for $90 taking an intro flight, like you're yeah. gonna go fly, you're going to go do it. Like yeah. take that step, see what you do. Take it from there. And if you know, if you know someone who does it, like reach out because I guarantee I don't know any pilots who are like, this is dumb. Don't do it. They're all going to be, <laughs> they're all going to be really into it. Right. Mostly, you may run yeah. into, you know, I've run, I've run into some like old salty airline pilots who are like, oh, I don't know, like this is a tough, tough racket. Right. But that's true of any profession, yeah. but I guarantee you that that salty airline pilot like still there's like a kernel, like, you know, it's like, Oh, like seniority and all the stuff that you could probably talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. Like all that, like stuff that makes it work. There's still like passion behind that. And all those guys would still rather have done that. I imagine than go work in a cubicle every day. Cause some people are made for that. And some people aren't right. There's no judgment on either side. But you didn't, I'm guessing it. Well, I guess you're still in a cubicle. It's just shaped like a cockpit, right? But like. (laughs) Trapped, literally trapped. (laughs) Literally trapped. Yeah, doors closed. Yeah, kick it out. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I I think that's the other side is too. It's like, if you can find someone who who knows about this or reach out to people who know about it, um, who are into it, they're going to help support you. Um, And then absent of that, like, and it's harder now with airplanes have, or airplanes, airports have fences right now. It's like, depending on the size and stuff, just go hang out, mm-hmm. right? Just go like, like, which is weird in this day and age. Or certainly maybe you can't do it right now, <laughs> but like. <laughs> or a mask. But like, yeah, wear a mask uh, and go to the airport. Like, I think the, some of the coolest interactions I've had pre-pandemic, right? Where like. And it made me late to work a few times, right? It was like, I like went for a pre-work flight and I'm leaving 
And there's like the classic kid, like at the fence, like looking through with their mom or their dad. And I'm like, Hey, like you want to go check out an airplane? And half the time they're like, get away from me, stranger danger. (laughs) But the other half, right. It's like, well, now I'm going to be late to work, but we're going to go put this kid in an airplane and we're going to share this thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to 100% nerd on you and, and your kid or whoever is going to get to experience this. Those, I am not exceptional. Right. Like that is like, that's kind of like every pilot I know. Yeah. Um, so if you're on the fence about it, huh, literally, then like you can go, you can go try to get like dip your toe in and see what the community feels like. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So you gotta do. I agree. I 100% agree with you. Uh, I want to ask you a couple more questions and move on to a rapid fire section. What was for you the toughest part about training? Was it having a family? Was it uh, maybe studying? Was it the actual flying? Was it coming up with the money for it? What was for you the most difficult part when you were coming up in training? Mm, I mean, I, obviously we talked a lot about the financial thing and I don't want to like hit on that. I think actually for me, the financial side of training was fine because I, I did my homework, saved mm-hmm. up the money, found a place that was a good fit financially. Um, I definitely got surprised on the back end when I was like, Oh, it doesn't get any cheaper. (laughs) Like, you know, like to rent. Right. It was like, and then like the flight school, yeah, I was driving an hour both ways uphill or whatever to go to the flight school (laughs) and heavy snow um, in heavy snow some days. Uh, And so the, you know, the schools closer to me were much more expensive. And so I, I I didn't do a good job. My feedback for myself at that moment in my life was I should have done a better job of planning for the after, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. but in the actual functional training, you know, I, um, I think we talked a little, I, did, I don't know if we talked about it before, or after we started ro- rolling, like I'm very bad at math. And so that was a thing I literally had to like, you know, like mental math, like stupid, uh, just like simple arithmetic, like mm-hmm. when, when, uh, cockpit workload is high, like gone right just like out of my brain so i had to do some extra work uh my wife is a <laughs> this is so embarrassing my wife is a teacher uh she's like she's a doctor like a doctorate of education and uh, she's very smart and so like i literally had her pull out like all the like teaching material <laughs> for like help like helping people do like mental math because i was definitely very much like of the calculator generation so i was right. like okay like that's something i I got to do to like brush up and get better at, um, that wasn't actually that big of a deal, but it was, um, uh, is the thing I was the most embarrassed about <laughs> like, Oh, like they're like, all right, like, you know, descend 750 feet. And I'm like looking at the altimeter, like, okay, like carry the one. It's like, no, you just, just whatever. <laughs> so that, that was the thing for me, just more of embarrassing than anything. Yeah. Uh, I think there was the, for me, I think, and everyone experiences it, there's this like learning plateau in aircraft control that is so demoralizing. Uh, I think some people have it with crosswind landings. I think some people, uh, you know, it's various, you know, they're just landings in general. Uh, for me, it was that transition to from a very simple airplane to a more complex one, not complex mm-hmm. like what you're flying, right? But like, just like that kind of kicked me in the pants a little bit. I really struggled through that. And that felt hard. Like 
especially since I had, I was riding high from really, really good success in the J three to, um, going into this, like, I mean, honestly, slightly higher workload environment, but now there's just more systems to think about. Uh, the way the aircraft flies is different. Um, Completely different. More power. Right. So, yeah. And then like, you know, like the flaps thing is, it's so dumb to say, but like that threw me for a loop because I was used to like chop and throttle. The plane just comes down or you slip it. Right. And that Mm -hmm. was, and then it's like, well, now I'm introduced, I'm changing the shape of the wing you know, we're descending more deck angles are changing that stuff. That's like all those 172 pilots and Cherokee pilots were learning like right off the bat, totally had to like readjust the way I was thinking. So that was hard. I think the rest of it, you know, the rest of it was kind of okay for me. I think like the family thing, we didn't have kids yet. That would have been really hard. I think I'm in Wisconsin. Weather was really demoralizing sometimes. This is like, uh, you go you the winter months, you know, it's hard. It's hard to get flight time in the, in the winter months mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of days depending on where you're at, where your instructor might say, yeah, that student's flying today, but not yet for you because we haven't gotten you to the point where you can fly in these winds, these crosswinds, whatever. Yeah. Um, or driving all the way to the airport and then literally like, having the snow that was forecast to come two hours later be early. And then you're like, Oh, guess I'm driving home. <laughs> right. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think for me, it was the hardest part was just that stuff. It's like, not the, and no one's going to get in a plane with me after they listen to this. Cause we're like, oh, can't <laughs> math. but I think it was just like, as someone, I think pilots in general, our personalities are that we're like overachievers yeah, so that for sure, when something becomes difficult, it, it becomes like, it's like, Oh, that, that was hard for me. So I don't know. No, I, I totally agree. Um, everyone has their own difficulties in their training. Everyone kind of faces their own kind of plateaus, like you said, and it could be going from a J3 cup to a Cherokee. Could be crosswind landings, could be stalls. It could be flaps. Maybe one time you do a go around and you put all your flaps in at once and then you're like, wait, why is the plane sinking like crazy? So, I mean, everyone kind of yeah, has their there. own issues. Um, yeah, def- everyone's been there. Most people have probably been there. It's definitely not a good feeling, but... Um, I mean... Just do it once or don't <laughs> or don't <laughs> listen to your instructor. Don't listen to us. <laughs> listen to Chris Palmer. How about that? Um, I'm looking yeah. at my phone cause I'm trying to pull up. I'm not being rude. I'm trying to pull up the, the questions that I'm going to ask you in a second, but uh, everyone learns in a different way. Um, it's just like we said, everyone's pr- progresses differently. It doesn't mean you're a worse pilot or a better pilot than anyone. At the end of the day, you are going to get your ratings. You're going to be a pilot. You're going to use that. And like you said earlier, talking with a fighter pilot, you need to learn how to be a professional pilot and everyone learns that in a different way. Some people learn that when they take the commercial pilot test or some people learn that when they're flying jets, but it's important for everyone to treat every flight as a professional. And it's just something that everyone needs to do. Yeah. And, and by the way, that doesn't mean it still can't be fun. Right. Right. Like, you know, like actually, right. Like working on a, on film sets, you know, the ones that work best are the ones where we treat it like, it, you know, even if it's like a low budget thing, I was on a set last week. It was a three person crew, but we treated it like any other shoot and it moved really efficiently. And there's this moment where when you're, when everything, like I'm sure probably you've probably had similar moments in the cockpit professionally, right? Where you're like crew resource management is just working right. 
He's like, yeah, man, this is cool. Like we're working as a team. This is going really swimmingly, right? I think the professional pilot comment, even for us who aren't professional pilots, is just that like, view it through that lens. Like there's no doubt, right? That like Thunderbird 3 is, you know, Major Brewer's, he's having a blast when he's (laughs) flying the air show. (laughs) Like that's a super fun job, right? Uh, Toro, the Viper demo pilot I interviewed, like he, he's like talking about combat, right? And he was like, yeah, like, you know, the flying, like combat's not inherently like fun, scary, whatever, but like the flying within that, right? That's like really cool flying. It's really challenging flying, right? There's a way to find, we, none of us would do this if there weren't points of fun, but you still need to be safe within it. And you, and I guess the point is, uh, without getting up on another soapbox as a guy who probably isn't qualified to be on a soapbox at all is that, that like, you don't have, like, if you see, for instance, like, it's like any motorsport, right? You will see people doing things that are, isn't, they're not responsible. They're being yeah. dangerous or being irresponsible. And you will look at that and there'll be a moment in your brain where you'll be like, that looks super fun. And the truth is that you don't need to do that stuff to have fun. Right? Like, the, like yeah. I don't know. Like, like, you don't need to be reckless. You don't need to be putting yourself into, into making poor choices to still have a blast. And the truth is that once you get in the air and train, you're going to be like, whoa, yeah. This is super, like, I don't need to be doing X, Y, Z. For sure. Scary thing to, yeah, to get my adrenaline. You're going to have plenty of adrenaline already. My favorite flights are the boring flights. I don't want anything to happen anymore. I've had too many, too much excitement for my career as is. Right. So I, I'm cool with the boring flights, the, the five hour autopilot on, sit back and just stare out the window. Like that's fine with me by now. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're flying jets, right? Like there's yeah. a moment you're there's a, like you full throttle like i've oh yeah I've, it's like whoa yeah this is exhilarating is. right like no it's in a fun. safe controlled environment that's super it's like oh my goodness this is insane that we get to do this right yeah. so anyway 100, no 100 agree all right i have some uh rapid fire questions for you these are Maybe. going to be the quickest answers you can possibly give no explanations like whatsoever just boom 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 you're boom boom that you're like ryan you you talk way too much so <laughs> give me quick answers no we do oh, i do similar thing hit me all right let's cool. do it all right man let's do it well i won't physically hit you i mean you are a wisconsin fan so i probably won't i went to ohio state so i won't hold it too much against you oh dude but we yeah, are a uh, sworn enemy actually we can care. we can talk about that i was later. in the band though so were I, you i uh I was in the marching band, so yeah, we we were aggressive. But I played good. football at Ohio State when I was there. So, oh, whoa, all right, yeah. there you go. Not to try to one up you or anything. Like, <laughs> no, that's like well, the whole reason we were there. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, let's do. Yeah, that was pretty fun. We talk about that uh, a little more because I bore people with that all the time. Get yelled at in the comments. Quit telling us you played football. <laughs> it's like everyone in my comments is like, "Quit telling us you flew a J 3 Yeah, no uh, one cares. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, first one is, what is your favorite overall airplane out of any airplane ever made? What's your number one? Right now, it's a J3. Yeah. What about what about airliners? If you could choose one airliner, what would be your favorite? Seven forty-seven. All right. What about corporate jets? 
I don't even know if I could identify a corporate jet right now. I've flown <laughs> in a citation and it was amazing. All right. Well, well I'll just by default, I will say uh, latitude because that's what I fly. So I'm just going to put you in that. So you would want your favorite one's Rock latitude. On. Yeah, cool. Right, cool. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll this one. This one causes some controversy with some people. Well, I have a very strong opinions about this. It is, what is the ugliest airplane you have ever seen? Mm. So, I, and I hope I get to fly one one day. There is an airplane called the Super Arrow oh, out cool. of the Czech Republic, and it is ridiculously ugly. And I want to fly it so badly. I think you have to fly it now. I think it was made for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that's the only airplane you're allowed to own from here on out. You got to sell whatever else you have and just go <laughs> I think straight to the only Super like three left. I mean, there's not only- my problem. You're the one that named yourself Super Arrow, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's the Piaggio. I do not like the way the Piaggio looks, and people give me crap about that all the time. Mm. All right, here is what is one thing you wish you knew before you became a pilot? How awesome it is. It's good. I like that. I don't think anyone's ever said that. That's a good answer. What is, or who is one person in the industry you would like to meet most? They could be living, they could be dead. Uh, just one person in the industry, who would you want to go get a beer with? Who would you want to go on a flight with, have dinner, whatever? Right now, I really want to hang out with Paul Bertarelli or, or Rob Ryder. Cool. Just because the, the very short answer to that is because uh, I'm doing stuff that's similar to what they're doing somehow and I, I want I want to ask their <laughs> advice <laughs> alright I like it that's a good one uh, what's your favorite favorite overall thing about aviation it's the people 100% Agreed. what's the hardest flight you've ever flown oh which one uh, <laughs> tech, the most technically difficult flight it's actually on my YouTube channel uh, was a winter flight to Green Bay, Wisconsin and back for me. Uh, it was the first time I've flown like three miles visibility, uh, snow, like it, yeah. weather, it was challenging weather. It was hard for me. It was, it was an exciting one, but it was that outside of my comfort zone at the time. And that was good. Yeah. What do you think about pushing yourself in that situation? Do you think it's, it's good for you? Cause obviously pilot, this is kind of off the rapid fire question, but, uh, do you think it's important for pilots to continue to push themselves? But on the same side is when do you know when it's safe to push yourself and increase those skills and become more comfortable flying in that? Uh, I mean, discretion is always the better part of valor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, blah, old, bold pilots or better, better on the ground, wishing all those, all those old yeah. things. I think, I mean, in that case, for instance, right? Like I had a good friend slash flight instructor with me okay. and uh. he was able to be hands off, but w- help me, Got like kind of like let me push myself with him as an IFR rated instructor as an out. So I think I think it's huge. I think it's huge to push, and I think I am guilty of not pushing enough. So um, I think you got to push, but I think you got to do it in smaller chunks than people normally do. Good, right? I like that definitely. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite airport to land at? Uh, I mean, Oshkosh is right up the road. So I guess I gotta, I gotta say there that you go, by default. Yeah. What's your, what's your least favorite airport? Uh, shouldn't say this out loud, but there's a uh, Waukesha <laughs> County airport in Waukesha, Wisconsin has, I think they got rid of him, but literally the meanest controller ever. Oh, really? Um, I think, oh, I think he left. 
well, maybe I'll hopefully, go back. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this and then write you a nasty email. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Yeah, he knows. He knows. That's funny. Uh, this is a fun question. Let's say you are doing a cross country. You're stopping for food. You get a crew car. What's your go-to food? Barbecue? Is it uh, Chick-fil-A, local food? What are, you, what are you going for? I mean, my, my goal with that is always to try to find something I can't get anywhere else. So, so if a place in North Carolina, yeah. ask, I'll usually ask the, the FBO like, hey, like what's, uh, what's something like, you know, what's the weirdest thing I can eat around here? <laughs> or what's, you know, like just to, you know, yeah. mix it up. Sushi and Oshkosh from the lake? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> that would be um, disgusting. <laughs> would you rather fly over mountains, beaches, or cities? Mountains. Airbus or Boeing? Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could pick. You got to pick one. Got to pick one. I know the timer is ticking. Uh, I, well, yeah, Boeing. All yeah. right. Favorite airline livery you've ever seen? Why did you say it like that? All right. <laughs> I don't know. I've flown on Airbus that I really like. I like, but the Bo- I mean, Boeing had like just like I think it's just the nostalgia for some yeah. of the old Boeings. It ain't Boeing. All right, uh, he's not going. I mean, I don't care. Right <laughs> now, the truth is, I'm not going anywhere right. anywhere. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, hey, you asked uh, favorite. What was the airline question? favorite airline livery? Yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I would say it's a tie for me. Uh, British Airways, beautiful stuff. The OG, like polished uh, American Airlines mm-hmm. with like this, just the stripe down the side is really cool. And then I actually met the people who designed the new American Airlines with like oh, the cool. like kind of modern looking eagle. Yeah. And I, hearing the amount of marketing work that went into that design and seeing how modern and clean it was, I, I do like that. But yeah. I really like that new one. I think it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see what is uh, the biggest regret of your career so far. If you have one, some people don't have one, but what's your biggest regret? Not getting started sooner. What's the biggest win of your career? That flight. Uh, it's twofold. Uh, personal side. I would say taking my dad to see that old Taylor craft. Mm-hmm was pretty, I mean, that's like, that's like a bucket list thing with your dad, yeah. right? That was huge. Uh, professionally, uh, the, I had the opportunity to film uh, some F-35 pilots at Oshkosh 19 and that getting to meet those people and do a good job of making a video for them kind of kicked off a lot of what's happening on my channel right now. So that, that was a pretty big win. Uh, would you rather fly a Piper or a Cessna? If you could choose one plane, what would it be? Or one manufacturer? Well, I mean, it depends what era, but... Uh, right now, today, where are we right, sitting? I mean, right now, right now, if it's like Cessna with 72, I'll take that over to Cherokee. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you know, a short wing Piper or a J3, I'd take that over the Cessna. How's that for dodging the question? I like it. No, that's fine. That's fair enough. I'll get you again on another one. Don't worry. If you could choose one airline to fly on, you're going the farthest flight you can possibly think of, like New York to Sydney. You have a business class ticket. What airline are you going to go on? Uh, 
I don't know if it's accurate anymore, but I did fly Korean Air to Hong Kong, and it was amazing. Even in cool. even even in the way way back, <laughs> on a full plane, probably in the middle seat. Yeah, yeah, That's it was funny. legit. But it was still it was amazing. It was really good. Part part one forty one training or sixty one training. Well, if I could do it again, eh, sixty one's fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. 140, 141, just to make sure I'm like remembering it correctly, is like is like the real school. Yeah, so like um university ATP style, yeah. like going crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like we talked about how I missed it in college, right? But I don't know if I would have changed that. I think 61 yeah, yeah 61 probably fits my learning type better. What is your favorite aviation book that you've ever read? If you read it's kind of a tough question. People don't read, but if you have read, do people read anymore? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What's, what's uh, that? Uh, Flight of Passage by Rinker Buck. Cool. I don't Is think I read that. Guy? To check yeah. it out, could be. <laughs> well, cool, Flight man. Those are. Flight of passage. I like it. Those are all the rapid fire questions I have for you. The last question I have for you is someone's listening to this right now. Someone's watching this, listening, whatever it may be, watching us on YouTube. Uh, what is maybe three tips that you'd give him or her? They're in the same, they're kind of in a similar situation as you. Maybe they're a career changer. They're, they're getting into aviation later in life. They've always wanted to do this. What are three, five, one, however many you want to give uh, tips of advice that you would give them right now to take action and go do this? How much time do you have? Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think the, let's go back to what we said before, right? Like one is just like, go do it. You won't regret it. And even if you hate it, you'll be better at knowing, like knowing, right? Like I definitely have like a friend who's like, I want to be a pilot. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a pilot. And then I took him up and he's like, I don't want to be a pilot anymore. <laughs> I sucks. decided. Was that well, him was or was like that your, your, were you bumpy flying and <laughs> Yeah, it probably was me. No, actually, what I did is uh, we went up and then I, I, I got him a, a intro flight as a Christmas present because oh, cool. I just wanted to try and encourage it. And after the intro flight, he's like, nope, not for me. Right. And I was like, that's cool. Now, you know, right yeah. now, you know, now you won't be sitting there on your deathbed going like, oh, maybe I should have done that. Um, so just go do it. That, I think that's that's the biggest thing. I think the other thing. uh is just to, just to like, it goes back to that, like, enjoy the difficult parts. And, and then I guess the third piece, if I were just summarizing our discussion, right. is like, go back to plan, like plan for it. Mm-hmm. This is a, we talked about it. It's more affordable than you think. It's not free. Uh, I guess it's free for you. They pay <laughs> you to do it. Uh, yeah, but for those eventually. who aren't getting paid to do it, like, you know, like pl- you just got to make a plan. You got to know, you got to budget, you got to do all that like grown up lame stuff or be a millionaire. And that's not me. So, um, yeah, yeah just make a plan. And then, and then I guess the fourth one is watch super arrow live on Wednesdays at <laughs> eight thirty central. That's awesome. I love it. Shameless plug, but it's important to say yeah. even millionaires keep putting off being, being pilots too. They come up with excuses mm-hmm. of why they shouldn't be a pilot. So you're not alone. Uh, it's a difficult industry. It seems like a difficult industry to break into, but once you try and once you take action, it's very, very easy and uh, everyone will encourage you to, to keep going. So Ryan, I appreciate you coming on, man. I wish you the best in everything you're doing. Uh, looking forward to watching you on Wednesdays on 830 Central Time on 
all your channels that you post, spam it, like it, share it, whatever you need to do, but keep doing your thing, man. Yeah. Uh, hopefully one day we can meet in person. I live in Chicago. You're up in Wisconsin, so we're not too far. So maybe one day we can meet up. You can fly the 172. That would be great. Go, go do some fun stuff. But after you fly a couple of times, of course, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to get the BFR. I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get the, the plan right now is to get the BFR squared away in the next month or so. I just got to find Sweet. a pilot who will, who's willing to get in the airplane with me. That's funny. <laughs> and we'll get it get current again. And then, yeah, man, I mean, I'm always, I'm down in that area all the time normally, cool. right? It's like, you got some great airports. And you got Bolingbroke, yeah. got Palwaki, which is not Palwaki anymore. You got, you got a bunch of great places there. So yeah, let's, let's, let's get together. Uh, you can show me what's what, and uh, perfect. I just appreciate you taking the time to have me on the show. It's awesome, um, yeah, and I hope, I hope that uh, if anyone's listening to this, that anything I said had any value. <laughs> <laughs> it did. You did well. I but love I, it. But, but I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show, and I'm I'm yeah, obviously man. a fan. So. Well, you're most likely going to be the first video side of it. So uh, if it's bad, it's my fault. So you are the honorable first. uh, Who knows? Could sink. It couldn't. Could do well. So we'll see. But uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Aviation, that is a wrap of episode 154. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As I said, this is a quick one. I'm taking off for St. Thomas. So next one, I will go ahead and do a better intro and outro. But hope you guys are having a great day. And as always, happy flying.